Thanks for joining us today on Ascend Student Ministries Anchored Podcast. Today we're in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Now concerning the times and the seasons, brothers, you have no need to have anything written to you, for you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying, there is peace and security, then suddenly destruction will come upon them as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. But you are not in darkness, brothers, for that day to surprise you like a thief, for you are all children of light, children of the day. We are not of the night or of the darkness. So then let us not sleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet the hope of salvation. For God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up, just as you are doing. We ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you, and to esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace amongst yourselves. And we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. See that no one repays anyone evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit, do not despise prophecies, but test everything. Hold fast what is good, abstain from every form of evil. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. Brothers, pray for us. Greet all the brothers with a holy kiss. I put you under oath before the Lord to have this letter read to all the brothers. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. So Kyle, thanks so much for being on with us this week. We wrap up 1 Thessalonians today as Paul concludes part one of this argument. As we know, we have Second Thessalonians as well, and we'll develop that in the future. But we want to see how Paul wraps all this up, concludes that, and hopefully challenges us in the same way that he challenged the church at Thessalonica. What would you like to draw our attention to today? Yeah, Lee, I just want to begin by telling you guys something that has helped me when studying the Bible. And when we look at a letter in the New Testament, it's key to read that as a letter. You don't read your grandma's birthday card as the first day, happy birthday, and the second day, to Lee. Like, you read it completely through because that is the intention of a letter. And so if we kind of just look at the structure, you can go back and see how the first couple chapters are talking about the celebration of faithfulness and now the challenge to grow. With that structure, it helps you go back and read the entirety of the letter. It's not a long letter, but just understand the context and where they're getting from. So if you look all the way at verse 27 of chapter 5, you see, I put you under oath before the Lord to have this letter read to all the brothers. He's telling them, read it as a letter. So maybe right now where you're at, stop, pause, and read the letter. It'll take less than 10 minutes. It took us 10 minutes to read it out loud. So I know it'll take you less than 10 minutes to read this letter in its entirety so that you can see the totality of what Paul is trying to do, so that you can back up and see the whole forest 
at once and not just the little aspects of the trees, which are so valuable for us to to reach in and to focus on. But sometimes we need that whole greater picture. And I love that you're challenging us with that today. So maybe just stop, just pause for a second. Once you finish that, hop back in with us. All right. So you just read the letter. So now let's just kind of recap what just happened. So Paul encourages them for the faithfulness. He is with the church. He's evangelizing and they're growing. And now they had to flee. He had to come back with Silas and can't see what is happening. Are they growing or are they suffering through persecution? He doesn't really know what is going on. So he sends Timothy. He gets a good report from Timothy. He is encouraged. He's encouraged through his own suffering. And so he's writing this letter And now you see he starts to see some sin that Timothy reported to him and is encouraging them how they can fight it and how they can also have hope through the coming of the Lord. And so, like we talked about, they're encouraged, they're challenged, they have hope, and now he hits on challenging again. Like, what are you doing, Paul? I mean, you are literally here leaving them with hope. But then you challenge them at the end. I think that's where he's wanting to leave them with this challenge to grow because he knows they're already flourishing, but you can always grow. That's really good for us to reflect on, Kyle, because sometimes when you're doing well, the temptation is to ease off and to slow down and to not continue to make progress. And he says, no, hey, that's not what we're looking at. We don't want you to become complacent. I want you to know and rest in that hope that we showed in chapter four, but to continue to press on, to move forward, to grow, to develop, to wrestle with these hard things that he writes about here, to work on not becoming idle, to work on not being complacent or moving away from the gospel, to continue to develop the sanctification that only comes through God in our lives. As far as a question here, Kyle, this is one of my favorite trivia questions, and this one we won't spend too long on, but then we'll develop another question. But uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.17, actually the shortest verse in the Greek Bible. It's one word. Pray without ceasing or pray continuously. Just one simple word in the Greek. So a lot of people will go to Jesus wept as the shortest verse. That's shortest verse in the English Bible. Shortest verse in the original language, 1 Thessalonians 5.17. Fun little trivia question for you. But one word developing such a huge mindset of being continuous in prayer, always being before the Lord. We've seen Paul kind of display that throughout this chapter, throughout this book, that he is passionate in partnering with these partners in the gospel for the sake of their growth. And his best connection to that is consistently being in prayer for them. But let's develop another question today as well. So the question that I really love for you to answer for me, Kyle, is let's look back at verses one through three here. And we think about the day of the Lord, the coming return, those types of things. A lot has been written about when that's going to take place. People want to know when that is. But why is it that we really don't need to, and we really shouldn't under any circumstance be required to know when he's coming back? What does it say about how we're supposed to live and how we're supposed to be waiting for the Lord in his return? At the basic level, Lee, we don't need to know about how and when Jesus is coming back because it is not our purpose. We can speculate, but it's not the reason and it's not going to give us security and peace. That's what they're saying. While they're saying 
This is, there's peace and security, then a sudden destruction will come, and we aren't ready. We need to constantly be ready and waiting and acting like if this is our last day. So what he's really saying here is live with urgency. He's saying you don't know when this is going to come, so you need to be ready today because you cannot wait until tomorrow. You cannot wait until it is too late. So, like, you think about when your parents come home, and what happens is you now had all this time to do whatever you wanted, and then clean up all the clothes, clean up, put away all the food, put away everything you just got out. Well, no, that is the exact opposite of what what we should be doing as believers. We should be living constantly in preparation and how we can share and bring others along waiting for that day to come, not waiting for when it comes close and then trying to rush around and get off our life in order. And that's exactly what we talked about in Colossians, was the fact that we're to do everything as if the Lord is right there, doing every work that we do for him. Because like you said, we're not just supposed to do whatever we want until we think that there's this imminent end of whatever it is, to live in sin, to live as what he calls here the children of the night or the children of darkness, to just do whatever we want because we know, hey, I've got five years left, or Jesus isn't coming back for another 12 years, or the clock is up there counting down and showing us, I still got time. I'll be able to set everything in order at this last time. But no, live in always anticipation that what you do today is urgent. It matters uh, because that conversation could be the last that you have with that person for the gospel. It could be the last opportunity that they have to understand that. But also not to be so drawn back in fear because of that, but to trust that God's plan will continue to move forward according to his will, his goodness, his grace, and his mercy so that we're not crippled by fear or anxiety with when these things are going to happen, but instead resting in the hope, resting in the promise, resting in the goodness of God. So encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. That's verse 11. As they walk through these things, continue to see the other people around you, build them up in that accountability that we've talked about, in the opportunity to spur one another onto love and good deeds, because we're all collectively a part of the body, the way in which Paul has displayed here in this book for us. And so thanks so much, Kyle, for being on with us this week. Thanks for challenging us this week on 1 Thessalonians. We'll jump into 2 Thessalonians. Kyle will be with us for that too. We look forward to joining with you in that study as well. So as you reflect on the totality here, we hope that you did go back and read that whole passage. If not today, some other time, take that time to read the whole passage, all five chapters in its totality, reflect on that, and encourage one another with the things that you find from that. Build them up just as the church at Thessalonica modeled for us. As you do that today, know you are loved. You're-